Aggressive and destabilizing. That's how the U.S. Indo-Pacific Military Command describes recent military moves by communist China. Late last month, the PRC flew warplanes into the Taiwanese Defense Identification Zone and stepped up naval activities in the South China Sea. The United States responded by sending a carrier strike group to the region. Well, joining us with some insights on China's aggressive moves since Joe Biden entered the White House is Bradley Bowman. Mr. Bowman is senior director for the Center on Military and Political Power at the Foundation for Defense of Democracies. Brad, thank you for being here. So with Donald Trump out of the White House now, are the Chinese testing Joe Biden's resolve? What do you think? I think that's exactly what they're doing, but I also think they're playing a longer game. And from an American perspective, I see this long game as an effort to uh, uh, to recast international order, to make it more accommodating for authoritarianism. And to do that first regionally and then globally, they need to push the American military back so they can more effectively bully their neighbors and uh, control resources. And so I see we're seeing a test of strength in the South China Sea and a test of strength in the Taiwan Strait. And diplomacy and development, all that is essential. But it, a lot of this is going to come down to whether uh, Chinese military planners believe that they can uh, successfully accomplish their political objectives through military force. Now, President Biden responded by denouncing China's move, and then he sent the U.S. carrier fleet into the area. So what more should be done beyond that? I think there's a ton to do. You know, uh, bipartisan experts have been saying for a while now that if uh, China and the United States were going to come to blows, and we all want to avoid that, it most likely would come in the Taiwan Strait. In fact, there was a 2018 National Defense Strategy Commission commissioned by Congress that looked at this with bipartisan experts on it. And the number one concern they had in the entire globe was in the Taiwan Strait. And for too long, uh, frankly, in the Obama administration, there was a reluctance to give Taiwan the, the arms they needed to defend themselves. The Trump administration, to their credit, reversed that policy and, has, and, and, had, and made the decision to provide a lot of weapons. But those weapons in and of themselves take time to deliver and are not enough. There also has to be, as someone who served in the U.S. Army, you have to be able to operate those weapons as individuals and as units. And uh, you know, let's not kid ourselves. We can give Taiwan you know, all the weapons they would ever want, but in the end, with enough time, given uh, the historic mo military modernization effort that the People's Liberation Army has undertaken, the most significant in the history of the People's Republic of China, sooner or later, Beijing will win that. So the point here is that Taiwan has to be able to hold on long enough for the U.S. military to come to their aid. Uh, and, and so the longer we can make a Taiwan capable of holding off when under assault from the mainland, the sooner we can get there and help them. And so there really are multiple components there. We need to, in short, we need to make Taiwan like a porcupine that is an unappealing candidate for consumption by a predator. Well, apparently the Chinese Coast Guard has been authorized to fire on foreign vessels if necessary in the uh, Taiwan Straits and also in the South China Sea. So your thought on that? A lot of times as Americans, we think, you know, hey, we're either at war or peace with someone. There's nothing in between. That's not how China views it. They really view it as a reestat or dial. It gets dialed up or down. And they engage what we, you know, gray zone warfare or hybrid warfare, as, as various experts call it. We see uh, China using their Coast Guard and also civilian, seemingly civilian fishing vessels to undertake, uh, you know, state policy. And, you know, this, is, this makes a larger point that I think Amer Americans need to understand. Um, there is no such thing, in my view, as a, as a private Chinese company. There is no Chinese company that when they get the call from Beijing and the Chinese Communist Party is going to say no. So when you're talking about a, a, a Chinese fishing vessel in the South China Sea, 
or Chinese company trying to do business here in the United States, uh, you need to understand that to some degree they are either explicitly or implicitly working for the Chinese Communist Party. This is not a, a xenophobic comment, right? We have no we have no bone to pick with uh, the Chinese people. The Chinese people deserve better than they're getting from the government. But let's be clear, in my view, the preeminent threat to the United States, our security, our prosperity, and our freedom from abroad right now is the Chinese Communist Party because they combine wealth, their, their economy is eight times larger than that of Russia, the most significant military modernization we've seen in decades from any country, uh, and a hostile authoritarian ideology that they're honing at home and exporting abroad. And that threat continues. An advanced cyber group affiliated with Chinese intelligence is using a new, never-seen-before powerful hacking weapon in a series of attacks on embassies, government offices, and state-owned technology, and science companies in Asia and Australia. So what can you tell us about it? How great of a threat does that pose to the USA? Yeah, you know, a lot of times there's a tendency, including by people like me, to focus on ships and submarines and aircraft. Uh, but Americans need to understand that this threat from the Chinese Communist Party is a comprehensive one, including in the cyber domain. You know, our experts here in the United States have said the theft of intellectual property uh, that China has undertaken against the United States is arguably the most significant transfer of intellectual property in human history. And most of, a lot of this has been done licitly and illicitly and in the cyber domain. And so we're, we're in constant conflict with the Chinese Communist Party. The only question is whether Americans realize it and whether we're willing to do something about it. And I think the Trump administration got something right and they got something wrong. What they got right was taking the China threat seriously. What they got wrong was is too often they would try to take on this threat unilaterally rather than getting the good guys together first and then confronting Beijing together. Kind of like on the playground, right? When you've got a bully, you don't go take on the bully by yourself. You go build a coalition of all the good guys and then you go to the bully. So we should be getting together more systematically with the G7, the seven largest economies, democracies, the cyber domain and other areas where we see uh, the CCP engaged in this conflict that I'm talking about. Okay, a lot for the Biden administration to address. Bradley Bowman, FDD's Senior Director for the Center on Military and Political Power. Thank you, Brad, for joining us today. Thank you.